Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Notes. Someone say notes. Because especially on a night like tonight, we're going to look at a lot of scripture, and we are not going to look at it long enough for you to really like memorize it, contemplate it. Um, the, the, the point of what we do is we're studying the Bible together, uh, but what you should be doing, someone say, I should be. What you should be doing is going home and thinking and reflecting and pondering the things that we're talking about, not because it's a good sermon, but because we should be writing down, God, what are you speaking to me? Like, like that really is the question every Wednesday, by the way. Um, and every time you, you, you go to church or you get in, in an atmosphere like this, the question is not, what was the lesson? Do you, how many of you grew up in church and you remember getting in the car and your mom and dad asking you, what, no, what was the lesson about? What did you learn today? My, my least favorite answer from my kids is, I don't know, you're a pastor's kid. You were here for, Evelyn, you double dipped today. You were in two services in a row. No way you don't know. You just don't want to tell me. I don't know. I don't know. But the, the goal is not to know what was the lesson. The goal is what God speak to you. Like, what is it God is speaking to you? What is God doing in your heart? We should be writing that stuff down and going back the next day and the next day, going, going God, help, help me to, to, to understand this. God, what are questions I have? So get a Bible, bring your Bible, take some notes. Uh, but two scriptures tonight, Philippians chapter four. You can flip over to Philippians, um, favorite Bible joke. Uh, flipping through Philippians, and then you can go to Acts chapter 16. We're going to read two different verses. Um, by the way, if it's your first time tonight or you haven't been here in a long time and we don't know each other, my name is Brandon. Someone say, hi, Brandon. Um, so nice to meet you. Uh, my wife and I, we are some of the pastor's leaders at our church, and I uh, want you to know we're so thankful to have you here tonight. Um, and if you haven't been with us, we're in a series. This is week two of a series that we've entitled Thank You. And uh, this series entitled Thank You, we're really talking about worship. Um, we, we've intentionally stripped back worship to just being uh, acoustic or keys and vocals um, because we, we really just want to take all the, you know, all the extras away and say, God, like, how do we get back to just the heart and the root of just worship between us and, and, and you? And we're talking about worship because here's the statement we made last week. It's, it's my statement and I'm sticking to it. We have... Great worship in LYC. Can I get an amen? amen? And yet most weeks, don't hate me, we have very poor participation. Most weeks, if you were just to look in the back of our room, which occasionally I do, um, and you just were kind of look at the room as a whole, we have great worship, and yet most of us are like, And, and we said this last week, but you might go, well, that's just the way I worship, Brandon. That, I mean, that, that's just, that's the way I connect with God. And that would be okay, except for Jesus said, I desire people who will worship in spirit and in, and in truth. In other words, they're worshiping me not out of religion, but out of a relationship. They've been born again. They're filled with my spirit. And they're worshiping me according to, come on, someone say truth. In, in other words, they're worshiping me according to the way that I preferred or I asked to, I command to be worshiped. Like how weird would it be if you showed up at your birthday party 
Anybody, do you still have like big birthday parties? I don't know when I grew out of birthday parties, but I can't think of the last birthday party I've ever had. Um, but let's just imagine that like you went to your birthday party and it was all the things you hated, but all the things your mom loved. You'd be like, mom, like, you know, I hate carrot cake. There's literally a vegetable in it. I, I, mom, no one wants carrot cake. Mom, are you kidding me right now? We're having a kale salad. No, none of my friends even know what kale is. You'd be like, mom, is this your birthday or is it my birthday? And yet for, for a lot of us, when it comes to our worship, and, and I know, don't get at me with, well, you know, Brandon, worship was our whole life. I get it. I went to Bible college too. Um, I, like, I'm, I'm with you there. Except for, uh, we're talking about how, our, how, how we corporately worship. And, and while our whole life is worship, corporate worship, or our worship singing songs before God, that's a part the Bible talks about that matters. And we don't worship God according to how we prefer or how we want. We worship God according to what the Bible says. We looked at scripture last week, but let me just read you a couple of things. Um, the Bible doesn't suggest. The Bible commands. Someone say commands. The Bible commands that we sing, that we lift our hands, that we dance and shout and make music before the Lord, that we kneel down in reverence before him. In other words, God goes, hey, here is ways. By the way, these are not legalistic. These are outward expressions of an inward posture of heart. He goes, I want you to worship me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and your inward worship can be expressed or should be expressed in these outward demonstrations. Well, why is it that for many of us, we, it's like, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not comfortable with any of that. Well, because we, we, we desire to worship God according to our preference. We talked about last week how a lot of it comes down to joy. How many of you, uh, you've ever been like super psyched about something and you almost kind of like lost control of yourself because you were so excited? All of us at some point, if you don't remember, I promise you, you were four at one point and you did it often. Um, Katie Howe in the back, she babysat for my wife and I on Monday. Uh, we got four kids, four or uh, three niñas, one little niño. Um, I think that's how you say it. Um, but we got four kids and she came and babysat. And my kids, they love Katie Howe. And Graham, he's four. She's like, yes, I am the best. Um, I said, Graham, Miss Katie's coming to babysit. And I promise you, I, you would have thought I said Santa. He's like, ah, and he starts like freaking out because he, he was pumped. And our, the issue with our worship is that we've lost the joy of our salvation. We, we just, we're not excited on the inside about God like we should be. We're not passionate and excited and overwhelmed about how good God is and how gracious God is like we, like we should be. And it's not the sermon, but I'll just say it again. It's, it's because we don't take time to meditate or, to, or to, to soak in what the Bible has to say. I'll say it again. And then we'll, we'll move on. But worship doesn't start with feelings. How many of you, you're like feeling driven? Let's, let's, let's be real. Let me turn my phone on. Uh, do not disturb because Matthew was texting me. Um, uh, like so many of us, we are, we're, we're feeling driven. I promise you. I just got a text message from Matthew Tillery. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. And, and anywho, um, but like so, so much, we're emotion driven. I, I went somewhere this morning and uh, I said, hey, how you doing? And this lady, she goes, good. 
And because I'm that guy, I said, now, are you really good? Or are you just saying that? And she's like, to be honest, I'd rather be in bed right now. I just, like, it's one of those days, you know, I'd rather be eating junk food and watching TV. <laughs> I, I can relate to that, to be honest. But we're, we're so emotion-driven. Worship doesn't start with your emotions. Worship doesn't start with your feeling. Worship starts with a revelation, an aha awareness of who God is and how good he is. I'm going to talk today as we continue in our series, and I'm, I'm going to try to preach shorter, not short, but shorter. Some will say, won't he do it? Come on, God, help me to preach shorter tonight. Um, but but I, I want to talk about tonight, how do we worship in the middle of difficult times? By show of hands, by the way, we should all put be like participate. I'm giving you easy ones tonight. How many of you have ever had a bad day or gone through a difficult season of life? Uh, I hate to break it to you, but when you signed up to be a Christian, you did not sign up for a life of rainbow, butterfly, cupcakes, sprinkle, sparkle, glitter, all is well and happy. That's just not the life of, of anybody. We live in a fallen, broken world, and guess what? Life can be painful. Life can be difficult. We, we can go through circumstances and seasons that are incredibly tough, and yet we're going to see in two passages tonight, the Bible actually says that we should not let them remove us or push us away from worship. We should allow them to drive us towards worship. Two scriptures tonight, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, and then Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 28. We'll read Philippians first. It says this, the apostle Paul's writing, and he says, be anxious for nothing. All right, pause. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, a rhetorical question. How many of you walked into church tonight anxious about something? How, How many of you walked into the building tonight Worried about something, carrying something. Like, just, I mean, you're even having a hard time right now focusing on what I'm saying because you're thinking about that thing that the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Ha! Impossible. Well, hold up. The Bible doesn't say that we just go, all right, well, guess I'm just not going to be anxious. It, it's like if like like right now like like real talk. I'm hungry, just like I am. Any anybody you're hungry, like like you'd be down for like just like cutting the sermon and going to Sonic right now, like getting some tots and a, and a chili dog. Um, that made me sick thinking about. It. Oh, gross. Um, it's the first thing that came to mind, but I'm like, oh god, that like I would throw up. Um, anybody just want some cheese? I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but like you, you could be like Brandon, just don't be hungry. Okay, but I'm hungry. But, but the Bible doesn't go, just don't be anxious. All right, next subject. No, no, it actually, it leads us in a pathway that causes anxiousness to be, to, to be replaced with a peace. You'll see it in a minute. The Bible says beyond understanding. Did you know there's actually a posture in a way that we can live life where we can have peace and joy and confidence and fulfillment fulfillment, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, and it doesn't even make sense. Hey, question, why are you so, like, okay right now? I honestly can't even explain it. 
Because I get, man, the circumstances crazy. I just, I just have peace. The Bible says there's a peace that, that's beyond understanding. Here's what it says. Don't be anxious for any, or be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Someone say earthing. Earthing. In earthing by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all logical thinking, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ, Christ Jesus. Now, go real quick to Acts chapter 16, verse 25. We're going to read a couple of scriptures, and then we're, we're going to kind of quickly get to the thought of this sermon. But it says this, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas in this passage, they are in uh, not just jail, but they're in like the inner jail. Um, I don't know this because I'm not a scholar or a theologian, but some scholars and theologians would say that they're in the most inner prison, and they're actually like possibly up to their waist in like human feces. Like they're like in like the dungeon, dungeon, dungeon in the in the whatever that is, sure. And it's like this this is bad news. And also Christians these days are being killed. So they're not just in prison, like, all right, we got we we got three to five and we're out. They're in prison like we're there's impending doom. Like we at any point they could summon us and we could be beheaded. We we could have our life taken for our belief in Jesus. And it says that Paul and Silas in the midnight hour, in the darkest hour. They were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. The Bible says this, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Here's what I love about suddenlies in the Bible. They're only a suddenly because you don't expect it. Can I propose tonight that we serve a God who when you least expect it, he shows up in the way you need it the most? Now, that's like, you know, you, you don't understand, Brandon, because like the, the situation that I'm in right now there's no way. Sounds like a good opportunity for a suddenly moment, to be honest. Because suddenly is only suddenly because it's not expected. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Verse 27. <clears throat> and the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had flew, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, don't do yourself no harm for we are all here. We'll end, we'll end right here. We have two different passages tonight that I'd like to kind of connect. The first one Paul is writing and Paul goes, hey, here's the deal. Um, be anxious or worried about nothing. But instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, Go to God. Someone say, go to God. Go to God. Now, you might say, well, Brandon, this really, that's not about worship. You say we're talking about worship. He said prayer. Well, technically, yes. But he says prayer and supplication. Supplication is a crying or a calling out to God with a need. God, help me. This morning, I was downstairs. My son Graham was upstairs. And he said, Dad. Yes, Graham, I don't have any clean underwear. He was calling out with a great need, to which I said, 
put some dirty ones on and hurry up because we got to go. And, and, and supplication, it is, well, while we're talking about worship, and yes, he says prayer, supplication, it's a, it's a lifting of our voice and our hands saying, God, I need you. And Paul goes, when you find yourself in low moments, instead of being overwhelmed with anxiety, you, you should go to God. And here's what happens. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it guards your heart and your mind. But there's a phrase that I want you to see real quick. Throw, throw that up there again, Philippians 4, uh, throw it verse 7. I think it's 7, uh, false, verse 6, I'm sorry. Philippians 4, 4, 6, listen to what it says. I want you to notice this little passage. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Here's the phrase you gotta get tonight. If you get nothing else, here's what you gotta get. It's with thanksgiving. Put the biggest, cheesiest grin on your face you possibly can. Lead your neighbor and say, thank you. Going just th- thank you, thank you. Any any Chick Fil A employees in here? My pleasure. Have I ever told you my greatest Chick Fil A story ever? I have. Here's my greatest Chick Fil A story ever. We were someone, a kind employee came and they cleaned our table and took our trash. And I said, "Oh, thank you so much, man." And he goes, "Ah, oh, my pleasure." And I said, "Is it really your pleasure?" And he looks around. And he's like, "Nah, it's just my job, man." And then he walked away, and I'm like. <laughs> Thank you for the honesty. I love it. I'm like, I wanted to be like, excuse me, I'm a secret manager and I was testing you. I, I didn't though. But, but this, this key phrase, it matters because he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, and calling out to God with thanksgiving. Why would it say with, with thanksgiving? Like thankful for the circumstance I'm in? thankful for the situation I'm going through, I would like to propose to you that it is quite the opposite. It's not that I'm thankful for where I'm at. It's thankful that I know that God is faithful. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's the title of the sermon, and then I'm going to very quickly give you a whole lot of points, and then we're, 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 we're going to be, be done. But it's simply this, worshiping in faith. Worshiping in faith. See, I'd like for you to recognize tonight that more often than not, we don't worship God because we feel like it. We don't worship God because life is amazing and wonderful and rainbow, butterfly, cupcakes, spark. We worship God in faith. In faith. Why, why, why do you say thank you when, when something hasn't happened yet? Just like any, any, anyone it's kind of rhetorical, but someone could answer. Why, like, why do you say thankful? Thank you if something hasn't happened yet. Be, be, because you you believe it's going to happen. If I said, you know, Isaiah, I really need help learning how to play the guitar better because I'm not very good. And he said, bro, I got you. Tomorrow, meet me right here. I'm going to give you a free lesson. And I said, oh, thank you so much. That would indicate what? That I... I believe him. I trust him that what hasn't happened, it hasn't happened yet, but I believe and I trust that he is going to show. See, we worship, we, we call to God with thanksgiving, not going, oh God, please. <laughs> I know God that you probably don't want to because I'm really bad and I just got, we, no, we worship from a posture of saying, God, I know that you're faithful. God, I know that you're good. God, I know that you love me. And so, Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name 
that in this situation right here, that God, you're going to meet my need. I'm just give you five things really quickly. I'm not, not even going to read the scriptures because it's going to take too much time and I want to get back to worship. Let me give you five things real quick. What can I be thankful for? Brandon, how, how do I worship in faith? What do I have to be in faith for? Number one, write this down, that God is with me. God is with me. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says that the Lord, our God, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Wherever you are tonight, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever life may throw at you, can I tell you that one thing you have to be thankful for and one thing you have to, st to stand in faith for is the simple reality that right now God is with you. Can I tell you God is with you tonight? That God is for you? that God is on your side. The Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll, ne he'll, he'll, he'll ne ne never forsake you. That wherever you are tonight, you are not standing alone. Now, number two, write this down, that, that God, he's working for my good and he still has a plan. I, I love this about God, that God, he does not cause any bad things to happen. Can, can I get an amen? amen? By the way, if that's your like theology, that's your belief, is wrong. Like, what, what, what kind of messed up parent would I be if I was like, well, you know, Graham, he's only four. He's not listening these days. He's not. He's just, he's being disobedient. And uh, no matter how many times I tell him that he uh, needs to, you know, just like do, do his chores, he doesn't do it. And so, you know what I'm going to do? Next time we're riding bikes in the neighborhood, the car's coming. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Boom. Well, you think you should probably listen to, to your father, son, huh? All right. I would go to jail, rightfully so. But can I tell you, there's a lot of people as ridiculous as that sounds, th that's how they think God is. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm really, really going through a lot right now. I just, I know it's probably because I really haven't been like, living right. I probably really haven't been doing the best I could. And I really haven't been faithful to God. And so I just, there's a part of me that knows that God's trying to teach. God is not trying to teach you a lesson. We live in a fallen, broken world. There, there, is, there is an enemy. He, 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 he uh, uh, desires to steal, kill, and destroy. That is not God. However, our God is so good and our God is so faithful that he takes all of the, the mess. He takes all of the difficulty and the pain and the hardship, everything the enemy means for evil and destruction. He takes and goes, no, 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 no. Do not worry about this. I can work this out for your good. I did not cause this. This is not my best. This is not my plan. And even if you caused it, I am so good and gracious and faithful. I will work this out for your good. I will find a way to, to redeem this. I will find a way to use this to build you and increase you. God, he's always working for my good. He still has a plan. Can I tell you tonight, whatever you're facing, wherever you are, whatever life throws at you, you can stand with your hands lifted high 
in faith, worshiping God, saying, God, thank you that you are with me in this thing right now. God, thank you that you are working this out for my good. And even though this looks like a broken dream, a bro- God, you still have a plan. It's a good plan. Can I get an amen? Number three, that nothing is impossible for God. Did you know there's, there's nothing too hard for God? There's nothing too big for God. Like, there isn't anything that's outside of the scope of God healing. There isn't anything out of the scope of, of God redeeming. I was talking to someone yesterday on the phone. And they called me and uh, they said, Brandon, I really need to talk to you. <clears throat> and, I, and I said, Let, let's talk. So we're, we're chatting on the phone. And he said, Here, here's the deal. Such and such has happened. And I made these choices. And, 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 and this, this, this thing's really been affecting me. It's been affecting my marriage. And, 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 and my wife has been telling me that she's, like, she's just done. There's no fixing it. Like she's made up her mind. It is, and it's telling me all, like all the brokenness that's happening right now in his home, in his life. We're talking on the phone. I said, can, can I encourage you with something, bro? We can pray. There's a lot of stuff we got to fix for sure. But one thing that we can do before we get off this phone call, we can pray and we can thank God that nothing's impossible for him. He's still the God that heals. He's still the God that takes broken things and puts them back together. He's still the God that takes things that are in a pit and he redeems them. He's still the God that supernaturally can resurrect the dead and bring it back to life. Wherever you are, God, nothing's impossible for you. God, you are with me. You're working all things together for my good. You have a plan, God. And God, there's nothing that is impossible for you. Number four, jot this down, that God has and will continue to provide all things. Please, someone in this room, tell me one thing that God cannot provide? The answer is nothing. Well, you, I, you know, I, I don't know, because I, I just, like, it's like, I, like this happened, and I just, I don't have the money for it. Cool. Like, the Bible literally goes, the earth is the Lord's, and all the fullness thereof. Did you know that, the, like, just, like, thought for, for a minute. Did you know that God, ultimately, he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, He can speak to whoever he wants and he can get to you whatever you need when you need it. True true story. uh, Jenny and I, this was years ago. We we found out we were having another baby and she was super psyched. And I'm like, oh, great news. Super pumped about that. Because she told me, I remember we were sitting in our kitchen, she told me, and here's my first thought. My first thought was, we need another car. Because we we don't have room for three car seats. Um, And literally, like, we just finished paying all of the other baby bills. Like, and my first thought wasn't, oh my gosh, we're having a baby. Praise God. Kids, you know, kids are a gift from God you know, more, just, you know, more, just more blessings. My first thought was like, oh, shoot. 
And we, we happened to be in this series uh, in, in our church at the time talking about faith. And I, I felt, felt like the Lord say, hey, don't, don't stress about it. Start praying and, and believing me. Long story short, and, and, and you may have heard me tell a story before, a couple in our church said, hey, can we take you out to dinner? And I'm like, free Mexican food? For life, you can take me out to dinner. Yes, you can. And so we're having dinner. I'm just like, yeah, we're just, you know, chatting, talking about stuff. They said, well, <clears throat> so the real reason we wanted to like, you know, bring you out to dinner is because we just, we, we really felt like the Lord put something on our heart. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And immediately I, I'm going to like pastor mode. I'm like, okay, all right. They're about to ask for like, you know, pastoral counseling or like they got a big question. Like, all right, God. <sighs> okay, all right, God. Give me the wisdom for the question. All right, what, what, what do you need? And they said, we just, we, we just felt like God said to give you. And they slid across the table a $17,000 check. They said, we just, and we just felt like the Lord put it in our heart. That, that you guys may need like a new, like, do you guys need another car? I just, I got so, so we hadn't told anybody we were pregnant. Like, it's just so random, so random. We just kind of felt like maybe like you guys like, like needed a car. So we just felt like we wanted to, God can speak to anybody, anytime, and get you anything you need when you need it. You, you kidding me? There's nothing impossible for God. And God is our provider of all things. I said I wasn't going to read any scripture. And if, if, if we're kind of lost in the computer, that's fine because I'm all over the place. But um, Mark chapter 9, uh, verse 23, Mark 9, verse 23, um, it says this, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. We serve a God where nothing is impossible for him and God has and he will continue to provide all things. Number, n- number five, and we're done right here. Um, my last thought, things that we can be thankful for and stand in faith for. Number five is this, that peace and joy are not circumstantial. Uh, Isaiah, if you want, you, you, you can complain. We're going to end right here. Um, Sebastian, come and play, play the keys. Thank you. Um, kidding. Last week I called Isaiah Sebastian. It's because their hair is so similar. Um, but <clears throat> the peace and joy are not circumstantial. Can, can I read you a couple of scriptures? Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, 11 says this. It says, you will show me the path of life for in your presence is fullness of joy. Where is fullness of joy? Getting into the college that I really want to get into. Where is fullness of joy? I mean, just, you know, like, finally getting that thing I've really been hoping for. Oh. Fullness of joy, it's in his presence. Bible says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Philippians 4.11, Paul writes and he says, not that I speak in regard to need. (laughs) I don't need anything. For I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. Can I ask you like a really deep question? It's not gonna sound deep, but but it kind of is. If If you didn't get the thing you were praying for right now, if you never got the thing that you you think you so need right now, could you be content? 
I remember someone one time, they said, Pastor Pratch Brandon, I, I need you to pray for me, a husband. And they didn't really talk like that. I'm just being silly. But like, it's like, like, I need a husband. Like, I'm like, I just like, oh God, I don't want to be single anymore. Oh, like, I, I, I want to be married. And I'm, I'm be, being dramatic. And, and they said, how do I know like, if I'm ready? I said, well, he, he, here's kind of like just a test. Um, like, if you never got married, like, could you be content? Oh, God, no. Oh, definitely no. And I said, well, I, I think kind of there's your sign you're not ready then. What, what, what do you mean? I said, well, if you think the only way I'll ever be happy, the only way I'll ever have joy and fulfillment is if I get this thing, then I'm just telling you right now, your joy and your fulfillment is not in God, it's in a thing, it's in a person. And by the way, as soon as you get that thing, because it is our human nature, you'll find another thing and you'll be right back to the place of not having joy fulfillment. Can I tell you, it is the lie and the trap of the enemy to go, well, I'll be happy there. I'm not happy now, but I'll be happy when I get there. When I get that thing, when this thing gets solved, when this thing gets fixed, I'll be happy when it is the lie of the enemy. The apostle Paul goes, I don't speak in regard to to need. I I want a lot of stuff, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't need anything because I've learned to be be content in whatever setting. Last scripture I'm going to read, so much for not reading scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Listen to what the apostle Paul says. He says, therefore, we don't lose heart. How many of you, you felt before like you were losing heart? Can I tell you, a lot of us, we lose heart because of circumstances. He goes, we don't lose heart. (laughs) Even though our outward man is perishing. Yikes. If the inward man is being renewed day by day, Paul writes and he goes, we're not losing heart, man. (laughs) Even though life is literally the worst right now. (laughs) Hey, man, how you doing, Paul? (laughs) Terrible. Like, just like, bro, like we got beaten, shipwrecked. This guy threw rocks at me for preaching the Bible. I almost died. I was pretty gnarly. And then a snake bit me, and I was like, whoa, crazy viper, right? I, I My hand got heat. It was fine, though. And, um, yeah, man, like, we're super hungry. We don't got any clothes. And um, he's just like, life's terrible. We're great, though. What, what, what do you mean? He goes, even though the outward man is perishing, insides being renewed. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray and we shouldn't believe God for stuff. What I'm saying is that we can have faith and we can stand in confidence that my peace and joy is not based on circumstances. I'm not waiting for there to experience the peace of God. I'm not waiting for that to experience the joy of the Holy Spirit. No, my peace and my joy and my fulfillment, it is in Him and in Him alone. Brandon, how in the world can I be anxious for nothing? And in everything, just just pray and be thankful. It's because because God, you're always with me. God, this might not be good, but God, you're with me right now. It's because, God, I know you're working for my good. and You have a plan. God, it's because I know that nothing's impossible with you. And right now, even though this thing looks really, really difficult, I know it is not even a thing for you. Because I know that, God, you've always been my provider and you'll continue to provide for me. And my peace and my joy, it is not circumstantial. It's in you. So God, in the the midnight hour, 
in the darkest moments and seasons of my life. Like Paul and Silas, I can be praying and singing hymns to God, worshiping you. Why? Because with thanksgiving, I'm standing in faith. God, you're still God and you're still on my side. Brandon, what's, what's my motivation here? Like just, like, I, I, I get it. It's like, I, it makes sense. What's, what's my motivation though? Like, why? Can, can I tell you why? Because our worship, someone say worship, it is the invitation for his presence to come. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. I, I, I refer you back, and can't remember, you can come on up, we're gonna close. Um, I, I refer you back to Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they're in it. Amen. Let's sing that new song. Yeah, that's a good one. Man, aren't you so glad that they got, you know, hill song up in, up in here. I, just, I love that song. They start worshiping and singing and praying, calling out to God. And it, in, it, it invited God's presence and power. And here they are, content, not in their circumstance, but in Him. Here they are just standing in faith and confidence. God, you're with us. God, you'll never leave us. God, you're more than able. Oh God, we're thankful for you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And suddenly God shows up. You, you know what our motivation for worship is? It's not just that he's worthy, although that is the motivation. It's that God, my worship invites you. And I need you in this thing. I need you in my life. I need you in my circumstance. And so I will lift my hands and my heart and I will worship you as an invitation in faith that you will come and meet me. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.